This is a podcast from Rover. G'day there, New Zealand. How we doing? This is Rex today. I'm Dominic George. We are here until 12.30. As always, thanks to the team at Netspeed. Coming up for you in just a moment, we're going to be talking with Julian Ashby from Beef and Lamb New Zealand. At the end of yesterday's show, I mentioned this new study from Ag Research, commissioned by Beef and Lamb New Zealand and the Meat Industry Association, which has confirmed the carbon footprint of New Zealand beef and lamb is amongst the lowest in the world. We will talk with Julian Ashby about about that he is from Beef and Lamb New Zealand. Also we set the scene for day one of the Canterbury AMP show. Tracy Ahern the general manager to join us and give us the early insights as uh, to what people can expect over the course of today and the next few days as well. Then we're going to be crossing the ditch and catching up with our good mate Shane Bird, former New Zealand farmer now a life coach over in Sydney. Always has something useful to say does Shane. That's all to come between now and 12.30. Alright but First up on the program today, new research, as I mentioned on the show yesterday, new research has confirmed the carbon footprint of New Zealand beef and lamb is among the lowest in the world. There's been a comprehensive study done by Ag Research and it's found that a kilo of New Zealand sheep meat has a carbon footprint of just under 15 kilograms of CO2 equivalent emissions per kilo and beef just under 22 kilograms, making the country's red meat among the most efficient in the world. Let's find out a bit more. Julian Ashby is Chief Insight Officer at Beef and Lamb. He joins us now. Julian, how are you? Good morning, thanks. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. So, um, you've been involved uh, heavily in this report in the last couple of months. Uh, interesting analysis. Um, tell us about the... Uh, there's, there's an interesting part here where it comes to uh, the traditional GWP100 method in terms of measuring methane emissions versus GWP. Uh, can you explain the difference there and, uh, and what was used? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, you know, we have to take account of the current science. So GWP100 is the traditional metric used for LCAs. That's what tells you um, about the, um, the what would be the emissions of a product if that product weren't produced. Uh, so most countries in the world are using GWP100, and that allows us to do an apples with apples comparison. Mm-hmm. The new science is GWP star, um, and that is talking more about um, what, uh, would be the carbon footprint based on a product's actual contribution to the warming on the planet over a period of time rather than total emissions. So it's an important new piece of science and it's led us to some interesting um, findings in the research. Yeah, for sure. There's uh, some very interesting findings. Uh, give us some of the key ones uh, from your point of view. Yeah, so I mean, I think it is important to talk about the GWP100 because it allows us to do that apples with apples international comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, as you started off rightly saying at the start, it shows that New Zealand has one of the lightest carbon footprints in the world for sheep and beef, uh, which is fantastic, something I think the country and farmers can be extremely proud of. Um, It also shows, which I think is important, that even when exported to the market, you know, whether it's US or China market, um, our footprint is still really similar or lower than the domestically produced red meat, so international consumers can feel uh, good about using New Zealand red meat. Um, And it shows... Uh, that New Zealand, you know, sheep and beef farmers have been making really good progress over the last sort of 20 to 30 years through planting and retaining trees on their farms and and then pioneering the use of low methane uh, sheep and genetics. But um, in terms of the GWP star findings, um, what it shows when we're including the sequestration, on-farm sequestration with GWP star, it shows that New Zealand has arguably had a climate neutral footprint uh, for the last 20 years. So that's no additional warming 
over the last 20 years for sheep meat, and the beef result was half of that of the GWP100. So really important findings. Um, what it also shows, though, we've got to be, um, we have to note is that uh, there's still a job to be done, so there is still ongoing warming, but it's, um, it's, it's an important one for us to note, and it's something we want the government to take note of as well. So when you look at it either way, GWP100 or GWP star, we are pretty efficient and world-leading, uh, no matter which measurement you use. Exactly, yeah. There are a number of ways to calculate the impact on food products, but you're exactly right. New Zealand red meat, whatever way you look at it, is world-leading compared to other major meat producers. And that's not insignificant when you consider that, uh, you know, we're the world's second biggest exporter of lamb and one of the largest beef exporters as well. So um, when you when you look at it like that, as you say, consumers can be confident because that's what we hear a lot about, uh, you know, consumers wanting this and wanting that and wanting to know uh, all about the food that they consume. So uh, this is some pretty solid stuff to be able to back it up. Exactly. It's great to have the evidence and the data. I mean, I think New Zealand farmers have known this for a long time and it does confirm what previous LCAs have shown over the years. But, you know, it's always important to have evidence and facts to um, state your case. So we're really pleased. And I think given the barrage of um, sort of tough, tough news over the last few months, it's something for us all just to sort of stop and enjoy and celebrate the news. Now, when you talk about LCAs, you're talking about life cycle assessments, right? Exactly, yeah, sorry about that, yep. No, that, that's fine, yeah, just for the the listener, because um, sometimes this, you, look, you know as well as anybody, Julian, you've been embroiled in it in the last few months, I mean, this stuff is, uh, yeah, it can be hard to get your head around. It is, yeah, it's complex stuff, but the LCA uses a cradle-to-grave approach, so that's accounting for all greenhouse gas emissions with all of the inputs and processes right across the stage of the life cycle. We've taken this report further than most go internationally, so most reports just look um, at the cradle to farm gate, so they look at what's happening on the farm, but we've extended it with ag research to look at the processing and the shipping, uh, waste, end-of-life emissions, so that we've got that full transparency and consumers can have confidence. Now, talking about transparency, um, uh, not that I'm doubting any of the stuff in here, but critics will say, cynics will say, well, this uh, was commissioned by Beef and Lamb and Meat Industry Association, so of course they're going to find this. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will say that. Uh, I mean, Ag Research, um, the academics, Dr. Stuart Leggard and um, Dr. Andre Mazetto and Shelley Falconer um, are independent academics. They have published this uh, work. It's been peer-reviewed and published in the Environmental, Environmental Impact Assessment Review Journal um, just last week. So it's, um, you know, it's out there, it's transparent and it's up for debate and the science is evolving. Uh, we've consulted far and wide with climate scientists on this work to make sure that the claims stack up, uh, and you know I think we stand by it. Yes, and I'm not uh, for a second questioning the credentials of uh, of the people involved. Uh, merely pointing out that uh, you know um, I'm sure that there'll be uh, criticism of it down the line, which uh, no doubt you'll be prepared for. There was another interesting uh, aspect to it here when it talks about um, based on this research, uh, eating red meat two to three times a week over the course of an entire year is just under the carbon footprint of a single passenger's return flight from Auckland to Christchurch. So basically uh, the whole notion that uh, some people purport of red meat having a detrimental effect on the climate or eating red meat uh, having a detrimental effect on the climate, um, really when you look uh, into the numbers is uh, certainly uh, there's a case to be made for the other way as well, right? 
Exactly. I mean, we're constantly told, uh, you know, the thing, well, not constantly told, but it's increasing. The, the single biggest thing you can do is uh, cut back your red meat or stop eating red meat. And then this, uh, uh, it wasn't ag research that came up with that finding. It was beef and lamb analysis. But, um, you know, jumping on a flight between Auckland and Christchurch is the same to eating a year's worth of meat um, two to three times a week. So it was an interesting finding for us. It just puts things in perspective. And I think, again, it just gives people confidence that um, they can feel good about eating New Zealand red meat. Yes, indeed, and I think that's um, one of the the interesting parts of it is um, is the whole perception part, and uh, you know I think something like this is again just sort of validation, as you say. Farmers have probably known uh, about this, or you know had an inkling without probably knowing the numbers over over many decades. So that's a positive for the industry. Absolutely, yeah, and we have all of this, uh, all of the reports up on our website. Um, so if anybody wants to dig into it further, they're welcome to use it. Uh, but, um, you know, I think this is just a day to, to celebrate and uh, enjoy enjoy some uh, hard-fought data and evidence that's going to help move the industry forward. Well, I appreciate that. Julian Ashby, Chief Insight Officer at Beef and Lamb, uh, thanks very much for your insight into uh, into this particular topic. Much appreciated. Very welcome. Thank you.